We are back to being an explicit podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, you beautiful fucks, and welcome, and welcome is the comedy podcast. Welcome to number 156 of the comedy podcast with your host, Harith Akma, coming to you on Friday, 14th May, 2021. Hope you had a beautiful Hari Raya Eid Mubarak, you beautiful fucks. Today, I just want to state unequivocally that I take back everything about Israel and I want to get uh, to that in a second. Just want to talk about my Raya for a bit. Man, holiday season. People often, you know, talk about, they, they often wonder, when when do I become an adult? Is it when uh, I can bring a girl into my room anytime? Nah, man. University boys, some of them, some of them get lucky, you know, they're kind of tall. They're kind of doofuses that don't know what to say, but they're tall, six foot. Women want to fuck six feet for some reason. <laughs> so... No, not for some reason. There's a clear evolutionary advantage. But yeah, those guys, those guys get to bring women back. A lot of them. Does it make them adults? I don't think so. Some people say it's when you pay rent for the first time for your house with your own money. That's when you become an adult. All right. Maybe. But I'd like to offer another metric, all right? When your holiday season is just working for other people, serving other people, that's when you become an adult. Because for me, man, my holiday season, it's just fucking with, I swear to God, the older you get, the more work you have to do during the holidays. There's shopping, there's cooking, there's cleaning, there's serving. There's hanging out with people you don't really want to see. And worst of all, during Hari Raya, there's no drinking to take the pain away. <laughs> you gotta do all this shit stone cold sober. Hello, hello, uncle. Yes, though. No, I'm not gonna get married yet. Yeah, I am getting a bit fat. No. Wanna, yeah, would you like a cake? <laughs> I spent four hours baking this. <laughs> oh, the, the cake's too sweet? Oh, okay. Fuck you then. I don't... <laughs> Uh, the holidays. It's like you start off as a child, you know, as children, as teenagers. All the adults do the work for you, you know. You just sort of eat and mop, go like, yeah, my friends are having a party and my papa's not letting me go. Instead, he wants to, he wants me to hang out with Uncle Wah. Yeah, fuck you, kid. I mean, <laughs> you're not doing shit. You're just showing up and eating and then you're going to shit literally shit out all the hard work the next day anyway you ungrateful fuck <laughs> as you get older now you you gotta make the thing you gotta sweat you gotta go out and shop and cook it and serve it and clean the dishes for these ungrateful fucks to shit out later that's that is adulthood welcome <laughs> I know a lot of you are university fucks that's what you have to look forward to for the rest of your lives once you start working, once you start being more responsible. That's the kind of thing, all right, guys? So enjoy your stupid, carefree days while you can, even though most of it's on Zoom. <laughs> Just dying of boredom on Zoom. I get that. Fine. 
all stages of life are shit. Let's just agree. <laughs> let's let's fucking agree to that. The only time of life that was good was probably probably I don't know before form three because you had the form three exams, right? PMR. Yeah, before that was when you had the most carefree times. Yeah, when your main concern was probably about what your friends thought of you. Isn't that right? For a lot of you, I think that's true. All right, let's talk about Israel, man. Why, why am I going to bring this up? Why am I bringing up this contentious issue? Well, it's fucking because in my previous episodes, I explored the topic of Israel from a comedic perspective and I tried to be a bit contrarian and poke fun at my... Uh, Muslimly biased comrades. Maybe that's not the most accurate way to say it, but you know, being a member of the Muslim world, people shit on uh, Israel all the time. Me being a rebel fuck, <laughs> and I don't mean that in a sexy way, just um, in an annoying way. Me being the kind of person I am, I like to think contrarian, see the other people's perspective. But I don't think I can hold on to my contrarian views anymore after looking into this Israel issue, man. I just can't. Yeah, so I'll explain that as I go along. But I just want to state from the beginning, unequivocally, I take back all of it about Israel. I was wrong. They're proper class A cunts. But to be fair, yeah, most of humanity... Once they get to the top, once they're in a position of power, most people become class A cunts. This is that right now, when it comes to the spectrum of things, the hierarchies of power, Israel sits pretty high up there, especially, especially in the like in that Palestine area. And I want to talk about how they're class A cunts. So here's a fun exercise we're gonna go do, okay? We're gonna read about the Israeli Defense Forces Tege'ah. And then maybe we can learn a thing or two about what we're facing here, okay? Founded in 1948, 72 years ago. Hold on. One second, you beautiful fucks. All right, let me read the thing from Wikipedia. The Israel Defense Forces commonly known in Israel by the Hebrew acronym Tzazel, are the military forces in the state of Israel. They consist of ground forces, air force, and navy. They got the trifecta. Land, sea, and air. What do the Palestinians have? <laughs> do the Palestinians have a navy? I don't think so. Man, the Israelis are at sea going, come here, you Palestinians, come fight me. And, and the Palestinians are like, I don't have boat. <laughs> It is the sole military wing of the Israeli security forces and has no civilian jurisdiction within Israel. The IDF is headed by its chief of general staff, the Ramatkal, subordinate to the defense minister of Israel, Lieutenant General Aviv Kochavi. Aviv Kochavi sounds like he has a really small dick, I don't know. Uh, Aviv Kochavi has served as chief of staff since January 15th, 2019. Ah, he's been fucking Palestinians in the assholes 
since 15 January 2019, guys. It's over two years now. An order from Deven Defense Minister David Ben-Gurion. Man, why, why do David Ben-Gurion, all these guys small, sound like they have small dicks, on 26 May 1948, officially set up the Israel Defense Forces as a conscript army formed out of the Pallor paramilitary group Haganah, incorporating the militant groups Irgun and Lehi. Sounds like a coalition of small dicks. The IDF has served in all of Israel's major military operations, including the 1948 Arab-Israeli War, 1951-1956 Retribution Operations, 1956 Sinai War, 1946 to 19, uh, 1964 to 1967 War over Water, 1967 Six-Day War, 1967 to 1970 War of Attrition, 1968 Battle of Karame, 1973 Operation Spring of Youth, 1973 Yom Kippur War, 1976 Operation Antob, 1978 Operation Litani, it just goes on and on. These guys have been fucking Arabs for 72 years with small dicks. According to globalsecurity.org, the number of wars and border conflicts in which the IDF has been involved in its short history makes it one of the most battle-trained armed forces in the world. Meaning they've seen shit, guys. They've been in battle. They've been fighting the things... Against these Arabs. Why Why are the Arabs so ill-prepared against these Israelis? I don't understand. Maybe these Israelis are getting away with being such class A cunts because these Arabs can't get their act together and defeat these fucks. You know, these, you know when, when a fighter gets too good and doesn't lose, he starts talking shit. Look at what Conor McGregor. Israel and Conor McGregor are the same. <laughs> it's yeah, they start talking shit. They start being all bullies. There we they start like like just being class A cunts at the way in, that kind of thing. You know, that's what's going on, I think. I think it's because they haven't lost yet. Once the Israelis lose, watch their Watch, watch watch them change. They're just getting cocky. While the original while originally the IDF operated on three fronts against Lebanon and Syria in the north, Jordan and Iraq in the east, and Egypt in the south, after the nineteen seventy nine Egyptian Israeli peace treaty, it has concentrated in in its activities in southern Lebanon and Pal the Palestinian third territories. Oh boy, I'll say. The Israeli Defense Forces is unique in its inclusion of mandatory conscription for women, of women. So they, they, women must join the military. They're so cocky. They're, they're, they're just like, hey, we got women, man. We got women in our army and you're still losing, bitch. Scoreboard. That's what's going on. Yeah. They feel like they don't have to try anymore. The Palestinians aren't sending their women into war. <laughs> the IDF is one of Israel society's most prominent institutions influencing the country's economy, culture, and political scene. 
1965, the Israel Defense Forces was awarded the Israel Prize for its contribution to education. What are they teaching the country? Huh? What are the Israel Defense Forces teaching the country? Contribution to education. Here is how you anally rape Palestinians with your small dick. The IDF uses several technologies developed in Israel, many of them specifically made to kill Palestinians. No, that's not what it says. Specifically to match the IDF's needs, such as killing Palestinians. No, that's not what it says. Such as the Merkava main battle tank, Ashzarit armored personnel carrier, and Chom Lechom penis enhancer. No, that's not what it says. High-tech weapon systems, the Iron Dome missile defense system. Well, if they've got a missile defense system, why are they complaining about the Palestinian rockets? Anyway, trophy active protection system for vehicles and the Galil and Tavor assault rifles. The Uzi submachine gun was invented in Israel and used by the IDF until December 2003 and has recently been sold to gangs in uh, the projects of the United States. No, that's not what it says. Ending a service that began in 1954. Since 1967, the IDF has had close military relations with the United States. Oh boy, I'll say. Including development corporations such as on the F-15 jet. Do Palestinians have jets? I think all they have is paper planes. Thel laser defense system and the arrow missile defense system. What the fuck am I reading, huh? What the hell do the Palestinians have to fight against you, man? The Israel Defense Forces are believed to have had an operational nuclear weapons capability since 1967. What the fuck? They've had nuclear bombs since 1967. This is not fair. Possibly possessing between 80 and 400 nuclear weapons, with delivery systems forming a nuclear triad of plane launch missiles, Jericho 3 intercontinental ballistic missiles, and submarine launched cruise missiles. What the fuck are we dealing with here? Available for military service around 1,554,000 males, 1 million. 514,000 females. Basically, 3 million, okay, available for military service. What do the Palestinians have? So, to compare, we can look at the Is Ad I Ad. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, but Is Adin Al Qassam Brigades. Basically, the para. They're, 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 the, they're the army of Hamas, essentially. Yeah? The military wing of the Palestinian Hamas organization. What, what size? Okay, remember, yeah? Israel Defense Forces, we've got about 3 million. Half of them are women. They're going, they're taunting. The Palestinians going, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that's what they sound like. The Al-Qassam, you guys have heard of Al-Qassam? 15,000 to 20,000. Motherfuck, how many percent is that? Is that even that's not even 10% of what the Israelis have, man? Let me see. Cre the uh, the uh, the Is Ad Din Al Qassam Brigades 
often shortened to Al-Qassam Brigades as the military wing of the Palestinian Hamas organization created in mid-1991. They don't have the same experience as the Israelis. It was at the time concerned with blocking the Oslo Accords negotiations. From 1994 to 2000, Al-Qassam Brigades carried out a number of attacks against Is- Israelis. Huh. Hold on. I'm just reading. They don't seem to have a navy armed strength. Since its establishment in nine in December 1987, the military capability of brigades has increased markedly from rifles to Kassam rockets and more. Okay. They've got rifles. They've got rockets. But what was I reading just now, huh? Merkava main battle tank. Ashrazit Armored Personnel Carrier, High-Tech Weapon System, Iron Dome Missile Defense System, Trophy Active Protection System for Vehicles, Galil and Trevor, Tavor Assault Rifles, fucking nuclear weapons. What did the Al-Qassam Brigades have? Rifles to Qassam. They don't even name the rifles, at least on the Israel Defense Force Wikipedia page there. Like they've got Galil, Tavor, Uzis. In Al-Qassam, they just say rifles. Man, I, I'm just guessing they have AKs. <laughs> the brigades have a substantial weapons inventory of light automatic weapons and grenades, improvised rockets, mortars, bombs, suicide. These are very generic words right now. The group engages in military-style training, including training which takes place in Gaza itself on a range of weapons designed to inflict significant casualties on civilian and military targets. The brigade also has a variety of anti-tank guided missiles like Cornet E, Cornux, North Korean version of Faggot. There's a weapon called Faggot here. F-A-G-O-T. I don't, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Shoot them with the faggots. <laughs> 9K11 Malyutka and Milan missiles. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Here's what we're talking about. They, they've got a bunch of bristles, okay? But they don't have boats. And nothing here. There's no mention of aircraft either. These guys are going to get fucked by the Israelis. What do you see online, man? People attacking, Israelis attacking Muslims while they pray. Their court saying Palestinian land is being ruled as Israeli. Of course, the Israeli courts are going to do that while the entire world is going, no, no, stop, stop. Social media is like, there's a Twitter storm about all this and I don't think I can remain neutral anymore. I, I, I can't hide behind me not knowing all the facts anymore. You know, I see un, an unbalance of power. I see unfairness. I see un, I see inhumanity and I need to speak up guys I I can't stand behind I, I never stood behind them I was just kind of kind of like man I don't care but now I can't anymore I just have to say this this shit ain't fair and I hope I hope something happens and maybe I'm doing my part by bringing awareness to this all right guys time to time for some podcast promotion if you enjoyed the podcast so far, thanks so much for hanging out. Apologies if I seem a bit down. I am exhausted. I've been working all day in a shop, cook, clean for my family. But if you still enjoy this episode and you want to help me grow, the best thing you can do is just recommend this podcast to a friend. 
you want to take it a step further, you can take a screenshot of this beautiful episode right here, upload it to your Instagram story. You can tag me at the comedy podcast underscore. While you're there, feel free to send me a DM and I'd be happy to answer your questions about dating, relationships, uh, horny stuff, current events. If you read a funny article online you want me to talk about, feel free to do so. Um, yeah, just DM me, guys. The comedy podcast underscore on Instagram. Looking forward to your questions, you beautiful fucks. And now, back to the podcast. Today, my woman uh, was watching this show where she was a. Uh, she, she says she's addicted to. Hold on, she's just sleeping behind me. I want to wake her up and find out what what show this was. Taylor, yap jing. Man, she's she's asleep. Good, Taylor. Taylor, what's the name of the show you're addicted to? She she looks so confused. It's adorable. What's the name of the show? What's the name of the show you're addicted to? Shadow and Bones? Okay, thank you, Taylor. Go back to sleep. It's called Shadow and Bones. I feel kind of bad for waking her up. You know how you know when you're in love? Your your partner, when they're asleep, even though they look so freaking ugly with the spit coming out and they sound like a... Just the least sexiest thing in the world. But you look at that and you your heart just melts because you think they're so cute. You think they're adorable. You think at that point, at that state, that they're the most beautiful. If you see that, if you see that and you still want to stuff your cock in their face, that's when you know you're in love. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So she's addicted to that show. And while I was watching that, I just saw a woman spit on a man. Just put right in his face. And I wonder about that, yeah? It sort of triggered this uh, train of thought about my life. Here's an interesting fact about my life. Every woman I've ever spat on has liked it. Uh, I don't know if that's reflective on womankind as a whole or on the woman who choose to date me. Or perhaps uh, maybe it's indicative of my ability to turn every woman kinky. I don't know what to say, okay? I have met some proper religious fucks. Yeah, these women, proper religious. Either they believe in the Bible, you know, the Holy Spirit. They believe in sin and heaven and Jesus. Or they're, Excuse me. Or they're wearing the hijab, you know. They believe in all that. They believe they want to be the best person they can. But they forget about God the moment they get within a five meter radius of a penis, they like just down. They just want to, they just want to suck that cock. They forget about the <laughs> Sometimes it's my penis they like, and that's not something I'm proud of. Uh, but the point is, I was super religious once. I really was. When I was around 16, I was dating this Malay Muslim girl. And I was already feeling bad about dating because, you know, they always tell us dating is haram. You should not date. You should just marry. How do people get to know each other? Then they don't it. They don't. They just get married. They touch peepees. 
they make babies and if they don't like each other, then they divorce. It's no big deal. They divorce. That's it. It just seems, I mean, yeah, dating, I think dating has its merits. I can see why religion would not recommend that you do that. But I just like really getting to know someone. You know, like you know, you know, like they say, like testing, test driving a car before you buy it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, I was dating this Malay girl. I was already feeling bad about dating, and I wanted to break up. I was thinking about it. I I didn't do it yet. I was just thinking about it. And then she she did something that made me definitely want to break up. And remember, I was a religious fuck. She said that she was getting too fucking horny around my cock and she said she wanted to fuck me yeah i don't know what was going on man i was just doing my sh- the whole all my entire life before that point i was just trying to get laid trying to get some puss but the moment i stopped trying man the puss just comes for me and never and ever since then i learned a lesson don't go for the puss the puss comes to you guys anyway yeah she said she wanted to fuck me i don't know what the fuck i did was it do religious men make religious women horny? Is that? <laughs> I don't know what to say. So she wants to fuck me. And all the other teenage boys at the time would have thought that this was the perfect opportunity, you know, for a young, horny teenager to get some pussy. That's all teenagers think about. That's why they wank all the time, just furiously. Ticket to pussy. But I was thinking, ticket to hell. Away, away with you, temptress. So, you know, legit, I broke up with her. Just <laughs> get your get your hellfire pussy out of my face. True story. That was a that's a true story about my life. I <laughs> turned away pussy because it was sin. And wait, wasn't I talking about spitting? Yeah, anyway. So after her, I was just spitting on all the women I dated. <laughs> Literally on their faces. I don't, and they would be like, yes, daddy. Yes. <laughs> after her, after this girl, uh, I just started spitting on all the women I date just to see how much I could get away with. And, you know, I would always do it with consent i would ask and they would always enthusiastically be fined so yeah I, I wanted to see how much i could get away with and i never found the line to be honest you know then again i don't ever want to find the line you know the things that you can do to partners who are truly crazy about you the line is just really far away I don't even want to find out, which makes me think, right, you know. I don't think a lot of people have a poo-poo fetish. I really don't. You know, the shit fetish. <laughs> I just think that's asshole men trying to see how far they can take it with this. Like, does she really love me? Let me let me shit on her chest and find out. And the women, the women in that situation, just wanting to do everything they can to please their men. Oh, yes. You like to shit on girls? Come shit on me. Take a literal dump on my chest. Take it as a symbol for shitting on women as an entire species. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some women like being degraded, I guess. I don't know what to say. But like, 
yeah, everything they can to please their man, you know. I, I think crazy fetishes, a lot of them, are probably the result of like fucked up people wanting to get away with fucked up things, which is why I don't want to know where the line is. After I discovered I could I could literally spit and receive the spit. I'm like, okay, where can this go? This is dangerous. I need to be responsible. I need to end it fucking here. By the way, don't don't attack me with the spitting. It's a really mild kind of fetish thing. It's really mild. There, there are way crazier fetishes out there, okay? I know people who use fire with their sex. Don't ask me how they do it, okay? That's just not something I'm interested in. I'm not interested in. That's just not something I'm interested in, okay? That's too hot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want my love making to also risk my house burning. I don't want my fucking to I don't want fucking raising my insurance premium, okay? I, <laughs> they should really ask about sexual kinks on in, insurance questionnaires. I imagine they can potentially save the industry, I don't know, hundreds of dollars. <laughs> what you gonna did you think I was gonna say millions there? Nah, I don't imagine that a lot of injuries are sex-related. Although time to time, man, I bet doctors just get the most hilarious like ketchup bottles stuck up and stuck in your ass. <laughs> I was, I can't remember what it was, but I was either watching a YouTube video or this was legit my friend. But uh, yeah, I can't remember. It's been a while since this memory happened. But my this person either online or in person, told me that a person came into the emergency room with a ketchup bottle in his ass. And the guy, and when the doctor asked what happened, the guy literally said, I sat on my chair and I didn't know there was a ketchup bottle there and I wasn't wearing pads. <laughs> so here I am. And then the doctor was like, how do you explain the lube? And the guy said, someone put lube on the ketchup bottle. <laughs> the crazy shit people do, man. Anyway, guys, be nice to your women. Um, don't, don't cross, don't, don't test the boundaries just because you want to see what you can get away with. You know what I mean? That's just dick behavior. Don't shit on women's chests. This guy is telling you right now everybody don't shit on women's chest please don't do it i'm asking you nicely i want to end today's episode with a bit of a message about passion you know guys today it's like 11 11 p.m at night i'm exhausted truly exhausted you could probably tell from my voice and i don't think i did the best on today's episode but i i tried you know i tried I could have just gone to bed. I was spending so much time cooking and cleaning. It's ridiculous. But I couldn't go to bed because I told myself I would make five episodes a week no matter what. I'll take a break someday for sure. But I don't feel like now is the time for it. I feel like the momentum is still pushing me. You know what I mean? So if you're at a point in your life where you feel like, man, what's my passion? Let me give you my perspective, my opinion on this. There's a, there's a famous poet, I think his name is Charles Bukowski. On his gravestone, it writes, don't try. This guy was a famous poet, but he only became a famous poet uh, in his 50s or something, famous writer. And he, 
he didn't do art. He didn't create his art because he wanted to get paid, you know. He kept creating it throughout his life because he couldn't imagine life without it. To the point where doing it didn't even feel like trying. It just came out of him. And that's what podcasting feels like to me. I don't feel like I'm trying anymore. I'm not forcing myself. I have to fucking do it. Yeah. So if you're... So basically, you know you have a passion when you can't not do it, when you must do it. For a lot of you, you maybe you have a passion for masturbating. Like, <laughs> like you just gotta do it, you know? All, all I encourage you to do is like if if you want to find like a productive passion, I, I, I just say don't. Just wait for it to come to you because everything else is not sustainable. Everything else will just, you'll start with a productivity streak, but you'll just drop the habit. You know what I mean? Down the line. That's what I think. And I, I don't know how to tell you to get there. Maybe pray to God, you know, ask for his grace. There's something to be said about the grace of God or, you, or the universe, you know, just to grant you with the motivation to do something. Some people are meant to live shitty lives. It's just destiny. That still might be me. Who knows? I'm totally open to it. I've accepted that maybe I, I'm destined to live a shitty life. If you feel like that's you, just embrace the fact, man. Don't fight it. Because <laughs> if you fight it, I think you're just going to cause yourself a lot of pain and anguish. If you're going to live, live in mediocrity, if that's your destiny, why not try and be happy? <laughs> try and be happy in your mediocrity anyway. Yeah, Don't fucking try. That's what I think. It's not so sad, guys. Yeah, you might die a loser, but you can be a happy loser. You can't help that you're going to die a loser. Maybe, you know. Maybe I can't help that I'll die a loser. So there you go, guys. Uh, some positivity to end today's episode. That's the time I have. I'll speak to you on Monday. Bye-bye.